0: Well it's part 11 of our Becoming Who You Are series, Um, I love this series, I've already said, I hope you have too, and if you're joining us midway you can catch up on our uh, podcast which is available on our website, on iTunes and on Spotify, so you can go and catch up with the other 10 parts of this series if you haven't uh, seen them, but today we continue uh, in verses 11 through to verse 18 of chapter 2. Last week I said that the first 10 verses were probably the best description of the gospel, I would say this week, um, the second half of chapter two is probably the best description of the church, um, or at least one of the best descriptions. And what is also different this week is that last week we looked at just one verse. This week we are considering eight verses. So we're going to take a little bit of a bigger chunk today, as which is unusual in this series. We've been slowing it down, but it means that we need to move this morning. We need uh, to keep pressing on and we need the Holy Spirit's help to do that. So let's read um, from Ephesians chapter 2, turn there. um, I'm going to read, pray, and then we're going to get to work. Verse 11. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were, at that time, separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one. And has broken down in his flesh. The dividing wall of hostility. By abolishing the law of the commandments. Expressed in ordinances. That he might create in himself. One new man. In place of two. So making peace. And might reconcile us both to God. In one body through the cross. Thereby killing the hostility. And he came. And preached peace to you. Who were far off. And peace to those who were near. For through him. We both have access in one spirit to the Father. Father, we pray that by your spirit, the one that we have just read of, you would speak to our hearts now. That you would make these verses clear. That we would see all that you want us to see. That we would be taught all that you are ready to teach us today. May our hearts and our minds be ready to be changed and formed and transformed. Uh, into the likeness of Christ may we be the church that you are calling us to be we pray in Jesus name amen well they hated each other they said that they were dogs and in response they called them barbarians well they thought that they were lower than the slaves and they thought they were murderers Of course, in the context of our reading today, we are talking about Jews and Gentiles. Two groups who lived in close proximity, but held extremely different views, and disliked one another very much. So, it is even known uh, about these two groups. um, Actually, a study of history in the ancient world tells us that None of today's social distinctions, racial barriers, political choices, are more exclusive and unrelenting than the separation between Jews and Gentiles. And that is serious. So Paul, being Paul, in verse 11, calls all of these issues to the forefront. Look at verse 11. Verse 11 says this, Therefore, remember that at one time uh, you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision that's the Gentiles by what is called the circumcision which is the Jews which is made in the flesh by hands so here are the dis- distinctions we can see them Jews and Gentiles the uncircumcision and the circumcision uh, the made by flesh here meaning that something that they did the Jews not something that God did well then having said it and seen all of this what was the reason for their division that surely is the question we must ask at the beginning here well ultimately it wasn't their different cultures or social spheres that divided them but their spiritual state to israel were god's chosen people from way back in the old testament a treasured possession of god and a people he covenanted himself to However, the Gentiles didn't receive such benefits. So Paul, speaking openly uh, to both sides of the camp, yet speaking about the Gentiles in these first few verses, tells them that they, and this is our first point this morning, they were alienated from God. Verse 12. He tells the Gentiles that they were Far off from God. They were alienated. Actually he goes to the great lengths of explaining. In what ways they were far off from God. By giving five reasons. And I want to highlight them from verse 12. So get your Bible and look at the uh, points here. Firstly they were Christless. They were Christless. Paul said remember that you were at that time separated from Christ they had no thought or hope in Jesus secondly they were stateless Paul said they had been alienated from the commonwealth of Israel as I've already said Israel was a nation under God a theocracy but the Gentiles had no part to play in it well then thirdly here just under this heading they were friendless Says they were aliens and strangers of the covenants of promise. See, God had bound himself unconditionally to Israel as the people through whom the blessing of Jesus would come. Well, the Gentiles didn't have such a promise, did they? Well, then the next thing is this they were hopeless. Says, having no hope. And Then, fifthly, they were godless, says, without God in the world. The pagan world of the Gentiles was full of religion, temples and statues everywhere. But their ceremonies were nothing, because they were without the true and living God. Therefore, the Gentiles... Well, the Gentiles' history was going nowhere. No Messiah meant no hope. And this is the reality for all those without Jesus. Hopelessness. So, what would ever change the course of history for the Gentiles? What would have to happen to establish a healthy relationship between the Jewish community and the Gentile community. What would need to happen? Well Paul tells us how it did happen in verse 13 through 18. And this is our second main point today. And it was this, that they were reconciled to God. Look at verse 13 and 14. This is what it says. But now in Christ Jesus you who were once Far off have been brought near by the blood of blood of Christ, for He Himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in His flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Those who Paul calls far off in the verses after what we've just read are obviously the Gentiles, and those presumably. As we see also as written that those who are near are obviously God's covenant people, the Jews. But the one thing that brought both communities together and brought both communities to God was the blood of Jesus. It was Jesus who can bring a historically hostile relationship between two sets of people and establish a new good and fertile relationship not only with those two groups but with those groups and himself how is he able to do this and why is he still doing this today well because in verse 14 we read this he himself is our peace he is the peacemaker we should remember memorize that he Himself is our peace. He broke down the dividing wall of hostility between the communities. No longer since the death of Jesus on the cross were the were there demarcations between Jew and Gentile. Because through his blood he created a new order. How did he do this? Well look at the Bible. Firstly, verse 15. He abolished... The law. He abolished the law. Well, be careful to note here, as I say that, be careful to note that this wasn't Paul saying that Jesus broke the moral law. No, no, no. He fulfilled that law perfectly. But he did break the Jewish Jewish ceremonial law. That was the washings, the uh Sabbath restrictions, and so on. And because he broke this law, but kept the moral law perfectly, he removed the barriers that the Jews had set in place—the very things that banned the unclean dog of a Gentile from entering the temple—was now gone, banished, and the grace of God was now available to all, both Jew and Gentile, both you and me. Therefore, Jew wasn't any better than Gentile in God's eyes. Essentially, they were both; pl- both they had both placed themselves. In Death Valley, and only for the grace of God, he made a way through his Son that both could be forgiven and reconciled to himself. So, Christ removed the barriers. He broke down the wall of hostility, and after that wall came crashing down, it was as if there were no evident distinctions between the communities Essentially he walked over that wall as one people. Which leads us to the second way he divided the wall of hostility. Paul tells us in verse 15 also that we see that he created a new humanity. He created a new humanity. Read it with me because this is just so amazing. It says this. He created in himself one new man in place of the two so making peace there's a true story of an anglican uh, australian bishop named john reed who in his early ministry was uh, driving a bus carrying a full mix of black aboriginal uh, aboriginal boys and white boys on an outing as they uh, filed in the white boys took one side and the black boys took the other side of the bus and the trip went on, and as they went on, they squabbled uh, at one another with increasing intensity. Well, finally, Reed couldn't take it any longer. He stopped the bus and ordered everyone off the bus. Then he said, Everyone on my bus is green. He asked the white boy, What colour are you? He replied, I'm green. Then he asked the same question to one of the black boys. And he replied, I'm black. He said, no, you're green. Well, everyone entered the bus and Reed was pretty pleased with himself as he had seemingly resolved the issue. Only to then, a few moments later, hear a boy from the back of the bus announce, all right, light green on this side and dark green on this side. This is a true story and Bishop had the right idea. What he needed was a new race, the Greens, but he couldn't pull it off. But in our text, it tells us that Jesus did. He created a new race, a new humanity. And what was this new race? Well, we are Christian. Not black or white or working class or middle class, not rich or poor, not Catholic. Or Protestant. We are part of a new race called Christians. Where all those walls of division are gone. Praise God. What a wonderful picture of God's bride. The church. Open to all. A place for all. No matter their past. If they have been covered and cleaned by the blood of Jesus. Meaning washed spiritually clean. By asking God to forgive ...your sin and then living that life out, then you join the most diverse and unified race on the face of this planet. Last week I called us his workmanship. That's just another word for the Christian. Therefore now we read, as we read last week, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus... We read that with new vision. We read that and we get a much clearer picture of what Paul really meant. But there is still a third aspect of Jesus' destruction of the wall. Not only did he abolish the law, making uh, grace available to all. Not only did he make a new race because of that. But thirdly, he reconciled the new humanity, the new race to God. By reconcile, we mean he restored this new race into relationship with God. Do you remember the wonderful prophecy of Isaiah in Isaiah 9? He said, one would come and he would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And on the eve of his death, Jesus said this, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. And Paul, here in the text, after the death and resurrection of Jesus, says this, for he himself is our peace. He says, he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. It's verse 17. Well then we must close. With looking at verse 18. Which says this. For through him we both. Have access in one spirit to the father. Uh, R. W. Stott. Author and. Uh, evangelical minister in all souls. London. Says this. The highest and fullest achievement. Of our peacemaking. Reconciling Christ is the Trinitarian access of the people of God as through him by the one spirit we come boldly to the Father. Verse 18 tells us that through him, that is Jesus, we both, Jew and Gentile, have access in one spirit to the Father. What Paul is saying is that this access in the spirit to the Father is the key peace. Peace with God and peace with those around us. This is why Paul is telling the Ephesian church these exact things. No doubt the Ephesian church was built up of Jew and Gentile but the unity and peace which should be established in the church comes from our personal and intimate relationship with our Father in heaven and is Activated by the spirit which lives within each believer. Therefore peace between Jew and Gentile. Every race and ethnic group. Rich and poor. Educated and uneducated. Whatever your political view comes only in Christ. All the responsibility we as the church hold To be a pocket of reconciliation and shalom, peace in our community. In a world full of anti-shalom right now. A world that is alienated far, far from God. We have access to the fullest power found in God, the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. So let's spend time restoring, building our relationship with our Heavenly Father. That in turn, our vertical relationship will have a wonderful and powerful impact on the horizontal for the glory of God and the building of his kingdom. For those of you who are listening, who are far off, who are alienated right now from God, as Paul said, now is the time to realize that Jesus has broken down the walls and he is inviting you in that you may experience his saving grace and peace unimaginable. Father we thank you for all the work that your son has done in coming and dying on the cross That in doing so he broke the laws that stopped and hindered people coming into the presence of God. We thank you that now we stand in a day of grace where your arms are wide open, that through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, all are welcome in if they turn from their sin and repent and commit their lives to Christ. Lord, we thank you for this amazing, amazing grace. Lord, we thank you for the church. Lord, we thank you that we are a people of unity. We are a new race. May this be established in our hearts and our minds. That is, that is who we are. Whatever distinguished us before is gone. Now we are Christians. We are Christ's sons and daughters. And that is what unifies us and brings us together. From wherever we have come from. Lord we thank you for that wonder. We thank you for your word. We pray you will continue to teach us. Help us to meditate upon it. Each day we pray. Even the thoughts we have thought about this morning. Help us to think upon them throughout this week, giving thanks for all that you have done through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.